Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship Podcast. My name is Kevin Rognus, and I'm the Discipleship Director here at Faith Covenant Church. As always, I just want to say that we are very thankful that you're choosing to make time with us to either watch this or listen to this, and we just want to make sure that you keep getting that content. So make sure you subscribe, whether you're on YouTube or any of the major podcasting platforms that you might be listening on. Uh, we just want to make sure that you're always getting the content that we're putting out. And right now, we're in the midst of a few episodes about the Lenten season because we just started that last week with Ash Wednesday. So we are now in a season of Lent, um, which is one of the major seasons on the church calendar that kind of reaches its climax with Easter, which we will talk about more as we go on. But this week, I have the opportunity to sit down with Pastor Sarah. She is our children's pastor, and I'm very excited to have you with us. So thank, thank you for you. joining us. It's good to be here again. Yeah, and so we're going to be talking about some of the family traditions of Easter and Lent and some of those kinds of things to talk about how can our families talk about these things. Um, but before we get into too much to that, I just want to remind us a little bit about what Lent is. And so um, Lent is sometimes known as a period of grief that necessarily ends with a great celebration of Easter. So it's a season of kind of acknowledging sin, um, sitting with that, acknowledging the, uh, the sadness of um, Jesus uh, being uh, killed on the cross and that sort of thing. Um, but it all culminates in the excitement of Easter and all of uh, all the things entailed with that, which it's a whole lot of multifaceted, mm -hmm. very layered things. Um, but that's in a nutshell sort of that. So um, some of the traditions involved like preparations, uh, Lent is about preparing believers for Easter via prayer, mortifying the flesh, which often involves things like fasting, abstinence, or kneeling, um, just very physical things that kind of remind us of the season. Uh, repentance of sins, almsgiving, simple living, and self-denial. So those are just kind of a nutshell of some of the things that get involved with Lent. And so is there anything else that you would add generally about Lent? Or? No, I think that's good. Good All description. Right. So then when, uh, so you're always working with our kids and with our families to help parents and grandparents disciple kids. So what, what do you do, what do you encourage families to do with Lent? Because it can sometimes be hard to do sad and contemplative with kids. How do you navigate that? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the great things about faith formation with kids and families is any anytime you can um, get a, a ritual or a tradition going, a pattern, um, those are things that make sense to us as human beings, and they certainly make sense to kids. And um, both Christmas Advent season and the Lent Easter season um, provide unique opportunities mm -hmm. uh, to do just that. So Lent is another one, um, this season of waiting, um, and kids know it's hard to wait, you know, like you can, you can easily lead a conversation, especially with elementary or younger um, elementary age kids about how hard it is to wait for, to open a birthday present or how mm -hmm. hard it is to wait to go to Disneyland or whatever it is. And I, I remember when, when my daughter was little, we used to count time in terms of Dora's because <laughs> Dora the Explorer was like new. That was a new cartoon when she yeah. was little. Um, and she understood how long a Dora episode was, right? So it would be like, well, it's four Doras away, you know? So anyway. I'm going to have to texture that. <laughs> like, She'll probably I remember. think about two Doras, I'm going to have to ask you a question. <laughs> so no. 
Um, so, you know, we, we, we do like to live life in patterns. Lent certainly lends itself to that. It is a, a heavier, kind of more somber season. Um, and we tend not, want to, not to want to enter those kinds of spaces with kids. However, they're capable of those feelings. Mm -hmm. They know what it's like to be sad, to feel disappointed. Um, and so you can uh, you know, get a, a, a kid's storybook that has a sad story in it. And you can talk about how the, d the disciples were sad when Jesus mm -hmm. died. You know, like you can make some, some good connections. So I wouldn't say completely shy away from it. Um, but one of the nice things about Lent is um, this practice of, of fasting or going without or, or, or really kind of focusing in on the more the heavier side has to pause on Sunday. And so in the Christian tradition, going all the way back um, before the Council of Nicaea, so that's before 300, whatever, 40-something, um, people celebrated on Sunday. It was a Sabbath day, but it was also remembering this is the day that Jesus came back to life. So in the midst of the heavy, fun thing for families, you could take a break on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things that I would love to encourage families, if, if you're new to trying to do something during Lent, and you think, man, we, we ought to make an attempt here. Um, maybe this year you camp out on Sunday mm -hmm. and do do the fun thing to get it going. Um, and maybe maybe during the week you do one or two touch points in a in a quieter uh, space with the heavier themes. But um, but Sundays could be the unique day, the day that you plan to do something a little out of ordinary as a family, just to remember that that is a day to be happy. That is a day to celebrate. That's a day to come to church and mm -hmm. be with the community. Um, of believers who believe the same thing that you do. So those are just some, maybe some basic broad brushstroke ideas. Well, and something you were saying kind of triggered a thought with me because last night in our 20s and 30s Bible study, we talked about how God also has emotions. Mm -hmm. And so that could be a really interesting point to talk about with kids too. Like God has happy emotions, but sometimes God has sad emotions. And yeah. how would you kind of have that discussion with kids? Like God yeah. is feeling these things too with us. You know what you really could do is um, you could, uh, if you have access to a printer, print off a bunch of emojis, mm. like different emotions, um, different feelings, different little faces. If you can laminate them, great. They'll be more durable, especially if you've got <laughs> preschoolers. If not, you know, just put them on paper. And spread them all on the table, you know, and then maybe, maybe, um, you know, when you have a family conversation, take time to let everyone pick the emoji that, that describes the feeling that they're feeling. Mm. Or this story in the Bible that we're reading, how do we feel about this? How was Jesus feeling? How are the disciples feeling? And you can use these little pieces of paper. Um, that was something that was brought to my attention, actually, a while ago. I saw this sort of funny um, little extra news piece about how... Um, my generation inadvertently um, offends uh, Gen Xers in their email communications because <laughs> we don't emote enough. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, what? But uh, but I've been researching, like I've been doing a little field research since then. Absolutely true. And realizing that this younger generation is growing up with the full spectrum of emotion. Mm -hmm. And so um, why not wade into that yeah. with our kids and our young people and our teenagers and say, how are we feeling about this? What, what emotions do get stirred up when we talk about Jesus and the Last Supper or Judas betraying him? You know, what does it feel like to have a friend mm -hmm. radically let you down? Yeah. Like in the biggest, baddest way ever. Right. right? It's, <laughs> it's going to lead to Jesus' death, right? Like that, that was like the worst of the worst of the worst things that a friend could do. Um, so there's, there's good stuff to dig into. 
um, what you need to do, you know, as parents or grandparents is know the cognitive level that your kids are at. So mm-hmm. what you would talk about with a preschooler is not where you would go with a 13 year old. And, and so you know where your kids are at. Some kids are ahead of their cognitive and spiritual developmental stage and some are, are not and some are right in the middle. And that's not good, bad here or anywhere. It's just really where's your kid at. And mm-hmm. so you know what you talk about as a family. You know what movies you watch, what books you read. Um, you know if you have sensitive kids or not. Like like just taking stock of where can you go with your family mm-hmm. and have some meaningful discussions is also going to help direct what you do. Yeah. Well, and so for families then that have kind of a a wider range of kids and ages, like they maybe have a preschooler and an elementary student and a middle schooler, um, would that maybe, in your view, necessitate different conversations with just one or the other? Because in some cases, you know, part of what's happening with the Lenten story is kind of centered on a pretty violent act. For sure. So how do you talk about some of those things yeah, yeah. with a wide range of ages? Well, you're not going to obviously sit a preschooler down and watch The Passion <laughs> of the Christ. Strive and do not recommend that. <laughs> that is zero out of ten. Do not recommend. Yeah, um, yeah not, not a good one. Um, but That one's hard for even adults to yeah, watch. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it absolutely is. Um, but um, preschoolers, you know, they're such concrete thinkers. They may not be able to track the conversation, but what they are experiencing is we're having a conversation. Mm. Their experience, we are doing something as a family. So the spiritual practice is being modeled for them. Mm. Even if they can't quite connect with the content, um, the Holy Spirit is still at work yeah. um, demonstrating and showing things to them through this family situation. So um, some researchers will even say, like, if you just have preschoolers um, for for the for mom and dad to pray together in front of your preschooler, mm. so the preschooler is not necessarily participating in the prayer, but they see that mom and dad are praying, yeah. and they're seeing that mom and dad pray together. Mm-hmm. These are beginnings of of you know spiritual development that's important for yeah. younger kids. So, well, that's I, I think that's too just a testament to just why it's important for the body of Christ to be intentional about intergenerational. Oh, Anything. for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great it's great to see. Oh, people other than my family do this. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents say this is important, and look, other people think it's important too. Okay, yeah. this is teaching me something. If we send one message to kids and they don't see it replicated in other spaces, it it can sort of uh, create confusion for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've kind of touched on a couple of different ideas. <clears throat> Excuse me. What are some other traditions that families can practice during the Lent season? Like we know a lot of Christmas traditions. Sure. Um, what are some Lent traditions that families can participate in? Well, I mean, you could choose to enter into the fasting idea and as a family, select something that you're willing to give up. Um, remember that your fast is going to be Monday to Saturday. Mm-hmm. So you can take a break on Sunday. So you could decide we're not going to turn the TV on after dinner, you mm-hmm. know, and and that's that's what your family decision is, right? Or you could decide we're not going to eat desserts as part of dinner, but you could eat dessert on Sunday then. Mm-hmm. You know, like so. So it's it's uh, it's teaching a spiritual practice, and you'd have to sort of um, be willing to to answer the why question: Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Why is this important? And and being able to to link it back to um, dedication and a way to honor your faith in Christ and and His what he did for us here mm-hmm. on earth and the sacrifice he made for us. 
Um, so that's one, one area. Like I said, Sundays could be celebration days and that could be, you know, super simple. It doesn't mean spending tons of money or going out. You know, you maybe you make something you don't normally do for breakfast or maybe you just all eat breakfast together. Maybe that's something special, right? Yeah. Um, or you, you eat dinner in your pajamas on Sunday or maybe you light a candle um, before you start eating mm. and you don't normally do that practice and the kids can take turns blowing out the candle. And if you've got really competitive kids, maybe you have to light it and blow it out five times, yeah. <laughs> you know, just so everybody gets a chance, yeah. <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. There could be a special book that you find that you read. Um, Benjamin's Box is a great kids book. We gave that out last year to families, probably have some copies hanging around church here. So if you want one, come ask for one. We'll see if we can find it for you. Um, but that's a cute storybook that follows a boy who, who is, sort of stumbles through all the spaces where Jesus stops during the last week mm. of his life and he's collecting a memento at each place and it helps to tell that story of holy week in particular from palm sunday through the last supper on thursday good friday and then the resurrection on easter sunday in a kid-friendly way um, there's a way to connect that book to easter egg resurrection eggs um, there's an explanation about that at the, in the, on the inside cover and some helps for parents so that's why i think that's a great book for this season there's probably a bunch of other ones but that's the mm -hmm. first one that comes to mind so maybe you make a habit of reading that once a week mm -hmm. you know as you go through easter i mean sky's the limit you can yeah you can, i mean minnesota you could make like easter snowflakes you know yeah. <laughs> or an easter snowman <laughs> whatever you want it might right? still be there so, by easter who knows um, but it is this sort of balance of you know how, how do we honor how do we honor the sacrifice of christ how do we begin to teach that to our kids and yeah, you're not going to roll out the suicide of Judas. You're not mm -hmm. going to roll out um, what does it really mean to be flogged and what 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 did that right. instrument look like and what did it actually do to a human body? You know, like those those details. That's adult size stuff, yeah. right? Um, but you can talk about that Judas was so sad and mm -hmm. regretted mm -hmm. the the choice he had made yeah. and wished he, he he could give the money back. In fact, he tried. Yeah. You know, like those are things you can tell and. Yeah, yeah, your kids might grow up and be like, you never taught us this when we were little. And you'll be like, yeah, imagine if we had taught that to you when we were little. It might not be as balanced as you are right now, you know. So it's just realizing that our kids' brains can only understand certain things at certain ages. And mm -hmm. when we give them something too big, too traumatic, um, that actually doesn't, isn't a positive for their faith development. Right. And we know that, you know, in, in other areas of life too, so... I think it's true here. So yes, filter things, you know, and every year the story grows as your kids grow. Mm -hmm. So, so you mentioned that uh, storybook that we had that we gave out to families last year. We mm -hmm. might have still have some laying around. Um, what are some other resources that families can yeah. utilize during the Lent season? I'm glad you asked. We did put together a little packet that you can pick up at the kids' check-in desk. Um, it is like a countdown calendar, like an advent calendar. No chocolates included, though. Sorry, um, but it's uh, it's forty six cards because Lent is actually forty six days long if you add the, the mm -hmm. Sundays in. Uh, so it's forty days of fasting plus six Sundays, and um, starting on Ash Wednesday to Easter, then it's forty six um, days. So there's a card in this packet for each day. The cards are numbered, um, and you and we in include some twine for like a clothesline and some little tiny baby clothespins, so you can clip these cards to the clothesline either 
it's like 12 feet long if you do it in one row. <laughs> so if you don't have that long of a wall in your house, maybe you do like some shorter four foot ones or something. Mm -hmm. But you hang them up and um, and then on that day, you take the card down, flip it over. It will have um, a spiritual practice that you can do together as a family. And the packet comes with information for parents on how to do those practices and what they look like and what to expect, whether you've got little tiny kids or older kids. Um, and then a scripture verse and then a reflection question. Um, All together as a family practice, probably take you 15-ish minutes longer if you talk more. Um, and and there's one for every day. And then when you're done, you can you know turn it around and clip it back up in that spot. And you can count your ways down to Easter um, using the resource. What, what I told our Awana Together families, because we gave them all this packet, um, is, you know, we get daily life. You're probably mm -hmm. not going to get to everyone every day. Um, and so if you need to catch up and do three or just jump ahead, you totally can do that. Yeah. And if you're trying to do two or more in a day, just pick one of the spiritual practices. Don't try to do all three. Um, so you can you can make it sort of fit your space and your time. And there's a lot of grace for that. Um, you may, however, have a child who is not happy jumping from day four to day seven. So you're gonna have to navigate that. I can't do that for you. <laughs> um, but some of our kids are so strongly ordered that way it will bother them to skip days. That would have been me. Yeah, so, um, that still so is again, me. <laughs> know your kids um, and what you're able to do. And uh, if you know you're never gonna get to every day, maybe you only hang up the even numbers. I don't know. Um, so get creative with it, but it's a free resource. It's in a Ziploc bag at the, at the kids' check-in desk. You're welcome to come and grab one and grandparents as well if you have extended time with your grandkids and want that resource you can certainly have one as well well one thing i was just thinking too is that some of these resources are geared towards younger audiences but i have found in my life that sometimes when i read through something that is really simplified or designed for a much younger audience it really hits me in a different way yeah. and i'm like oh, there's something here for me too. Like <laughs> yeah. sometimes the simplicity of boiling something down to its um, core, yeah. you know, ideas really stick with us. And yeah. to me that testifies, <coughs> excuse me, mm -hmm. it testifies to how important it is to have childlike faith. Sure, yeah. And the, the nice thing about this resource is there's really four spiritual practices that just repeat through the season. Um, and one of them is this mini Easter idea on Sunday, so the Sunday celebrations, and then the other three rotate as well. And, um, and then there's the readings during Holy Week are a little bit more involved because there's mm -hmm. a little bit more story to tell on each of those days. And um, there's a foot washing practice mm. that you could choose to do as a family. Uh, which will be way better for us today than it would have been when Jesus had to do it. <laughs> yes. Because he was cleaning grimy, smelly, gross adult yes. sandal feet. <laughs> and you're going to have nice, clean, you know, coming out of my sneakers uh, feet. So anyway, um, there, there's a fun suggestion for uh, for that practice, if that's something, and, and a way to read through. Um, and if you've got readers in your family, they can share with the reading. Um, it's, it's kind of a nice a nice thing to have. Um, to, just that comment made me think too. Uh, this is a book that I that I would recommend for the adults that are listening. It's called Forty Days of Decrease. Mm. Um, a different kind of hunger, a different kind of fast is the subtitle. Um, and the author is Alicia Britt, and I don't know how to say her last name. It's C H O L E. I don't know if it's Chol or Cole or Coley no. or whatever. Anyway. Um, 
it's an it's a a, little, a chapter to read every day uh, mm. during Lent, and she does two things. Um, one is to give you an idea of something to fast from for that day, and it's out of the ordinary kind of stuff. Mm. So um, just the other day, it was to fast from um, moving too quickly through sadness, mm. right? And she talks about how. Jesus took time to go away after his cousin John the Baptist was killed. Mm -hmm. um, he took time to be by himself and to grieve, and that was right after the feeding of the 5,000. Um, and he went off on this mountaintop to be by himself, and, and he knew he needed that time mm -hmm. with his father um, to, to just be sad yeah. about what had happened to John. And so um, I, I just really appreciate her freshness fresh approach to the idea of fasting and she just gives you a different idea and then also every day she gives you a little bit of the history of lent mm. um through the church um history and um it's really kind of nerdy stuff <laughs> um you don't have to read it you can skip totally skip over it but it, i found it interesting so 40 days of decrease uh, i recommend like, that <laughs> i've already got a couple things i'm already doing for lent but i think next year that'll be yeah i, I own to, it you're welcome to borrow it yeah. <laughs> so. i don't think you want me borrowing because i like i'm marking oh do you up. okay <laughs> yeah. never mind yeah. can't have it <laughs> go buy your own i'll get my own yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good book though yeah well, are there any other things that you want to share with families um about lent and how we can kind of do this together no, other than to say, you know, anytime you look at a season and you say, we're going to do this. And, and I think sometimes we set the bar high. And mm. then when we don't, you know, two, three days in, we're not even close to attaining that bar and we just give up completely. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just would encourage families, if you've not, if you're not used to doing anything during Lent, don't choose to do something every day. That, that's, that's such a high bar. Mm -hmm. um, and with the busyness of our lives and just helping kids navigate their own stuff on top of the stuff we're doing as adults, um, it's, a big, it's a big ask. If you're used to those kinds of rhythms, that's a different thing. If you're not, um, start small. Pick Sundays mm -hmm. or pick Wednesdays if you want to be in that fasting part of the tradition instead of the celebration side because you feel like you need that. Um, but just, just one little thing. Um, and the next season you can grow and expand that right. you know especially if you're trying to get kids involved you, you know we we know what it looks like to try to get the whole family to the table <laughs> at the same time in a happy mood yeah. <laughs> so i can say one thing you might choose to do if you're going to convene your family um at a, on a certain day of the week or certain days of the week to do a more formal practice like this it helps to have them pick a theme song Hmm. Um, any, it could be anything. It could be a Christian song. It could be a just a regular, you know, Sunday school song. Anything that you that you've got uh, access to on, on a playlist. Like hmm. you can play it off your phone, or you can put it in a CD and or something like that. And then when you're getting ready to go, play the song, hmm. and the kids will know. Oh, it's time to come to the table. Sounds super cheesy and sounds like it wouldn't work, but it actually does. Hmm. It's just weird. It's so, something that cues them in. It makes them excited, and it gets people to the table. So. You can just roll that in as part of your practice if you're trying to get everybody in the same place at the same time. Yeah. 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 And then awesome. let us know. If you if you if you have a win, share it with somebody. Yeah. Share it with us. Share it share it with a friend. It's good to celebrate when you try something and it works. Yeah. Yeah. To be like, hey, we did that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You know? Um, especially if you do any of the deeper spiritual practices in your little kids. That's powerful. Yeah. Um, so pay attention. The Holy Spirit. Remember, there's no junior Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. There's just the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works in infants all the way up to adults. And, and, and you never know how the Spirit's moving. 
So when you see little kids respond, that's a genuine thing. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing us yeah, uh, sharing welcome. your expertise with us. I know our families will really value that. Um, and yeah, if like uh, she was saying, if you have any questions or um, stories that you want to share about how any of this is playing out in your life, in your families, please let us know. Yeah. Um, one way to do that, you can email me. My email address is in the con- uh, is in the description section of the episode, um, but you can find Sarah's contact information online as well. So if you have any questions, please, please let us know. We're going to be continuing our series in Lent um, for the next few weeks, so please keep tuning in. Until next week, thank you so much again for joining us, and I hope you have a wonderful and blessed week.